Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Fernandes here with Lockwood Mafazoli. This is the Herald Tribune on the Grid podcast podcast. Pot seven, guys? What is this? Something around those lines. The season's going pretty quick, isn't it? Yeah, Dennis, what is this, number seven for us? What, I know you haven't been on board for all of them. You're sort of a, a mid-season pickup here. I'm a mid-season pickup. Yeah. I know we do have one fan, though. Uh, Who is it? Let, let, defensive coordinator Larry Shannon does listen to it. Hey, Larry, this is Fernandes. Uh, Shout-out to you. And some uh, shout out to St. Stephen's folks too that listen. They were telling me about that on the sidelines the other night. Yeah, so, Dave, yeah. Gla- the Dave Glazer, who used to work here, really looks out for St. Stephen's athletics, and we're happy to give them a shout out when they need to. You know, I think the show before last we get 40, 40 listeners. Last week we increased it by fifty percent to sixty listeners. I mean, I don't want to beg, but uh, could we get up to eighty or even hundred today, guys? Well, let's we'll do what we can do. Uh, the only <laughs> thing we can do is keep on going, and hopefully uh, they like what we bring to the table. And promote it. And, and promote it. Uh, well, let's get right to it, guys. Uh, let's review last week. There really was only uh, one game of truly consequential importance, not to belittle the other games, but obviously it was Braden River Venice. You were there, Dennis. 105-minute rain delay. We did not get in the paper. We got in the paper the next day. We got it online. But uh, just talk about that matchup. What did you learn after the game that maybe you didn't know going in? It was an hour and 45-minute rain uh, <laughs> weather delay, so just not a drop of rain fell. Right. Uh, there was some lightning in the distance, but nevertheless, um, <laughs> the delay clearly helped Venice. Um, uh, Coach Bradley probably of Braden River probably had the best line of, that I've heard in a long time. It was the longest a kicker's been iced in, uh, I, in the history of football. I, I like that line. <laughs> I read that. I like yeah. that line. Um, but... Brandon River had uh, two chances to uh, get the winning touchdown, um, go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter, and uh, Venice's defense um, came up with big plays. I mean, we kind of thought that going. I'm not going to. I'm not going to throw you under the bus here, Lockwood. But in your pick of the week, you had Braden River winning that game. Uh, you care to uh, explain, explain, explain yourself a week later? Judging by the sound of it and um, <laughs> take away the weather delay, I might be sitting here as the only one smiling about that pick. And it sounds like they had that game. Uh, and they were in control, it sounds, from a distance. I was watching on social media. I mean, that some friends of mine were there talking to me about what was going on. And, yeah, it sounded like they were kind of in control. And then what Dennis said with the rain delay, Venice came back out and did what they had to do to get the win. And, you know, props to them for getting it done in the uh, 7A 11 battle of the year. It's probably going to win, I would say, win in the district championship if they can beat Palmetto in a couple of weeks. And, you know, Powell, Powell Davis Stadium is, you, you play there in November and December, it's going to be tough for opponents. You know, Venice has been through some weather delays, rain delays, and whatnot. So um, they might be a little better used to it than other teams. You know, sitting in the air condition, um, not knowing what to do, um, you know, just confined to the, uh, the, the locker room. A visiting locker room mm-hmm. at that. So, what was the crowd breakdown? I always, on these big games, I always like to know that the. I mean, were they ring deep around the the, the field? Where a, a lot of Braden River fans? What was it like there? They were ring deep around the mm-hmm. field. Um, I was told there was more people there than 
uh, advertised um, Pete Dombrowski in the AD. <laughs> hey, a shout out to Pete yeah, Dombrowski there, down yeah, there. Pete. Pete yep. he's, he's he's getting ready for his uh, for his dinner. Uh, reservations that he posts on Facebook all the time. Yeah. Yep. A little selfie of him down at the clock, even though the clock's not around anymore. 4,000, he said. <laughs> 4,000 people. A lot less after the boys. Well, Dennis, I mean, it's clear. I, I mean, maybe you can throw Palmetto into the discussion, maybe, but you've seen these two teams. You've seen other teams in the area. Are these two, two clearly the best teams uh, in the area? I wouldn't sell Palmetto short. Yeah. I mean, on a good day with their offense, um, you know, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. It's just a matter of their defense, you know, making a big stop at the big time. You know, I was at another district game. Uh, obviously, maybe not as many eyes were on this one. I was at Riverview and Palm Harbor. You know, Rams may have had a little trouble early on, but when it comes to, uh, you know, competing in, in 8A6, they have very little problem. Uh, they beat Palm Harbor 52-14. to 14. You know, I've seen them enough times. Uh, they are really a running quarterback. Brantley last year could throw a little bit, but this guy, Sean White, operates that uh, – that read pass option, uh, he ran for a big touchdown. Uh, I know you haven't had a chance to see Riverview, but uh, it looks like they're doing what uh, they have to do in come time district play, and the season moves on here. I saw uh, Coach Josh Smithers Saturday at the uh, cross-country meet at Benderson Park, and um, he said he wants to get the passing game going. He's mm-hmm. just had difficulty doing it. I know he has the receivers, so but as long as you can run, um, you know, especially when it comes down to the fourth quarter, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be in games. You know, Allie Boyce uh, had had a banged up sh- shoulder, uh, sat out, has some, sat out some time. They really need him to be healthy going forward because uh, even though Sean does run run the ball quite well, Allie is the sort of workhorse that they're going to depend on going forward. You were at a blowout game, thirty-one to three. Just. Uh, Talk about that. Yeah, I kind of missed on that pick too, and uh, it's <laughs> one, 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 one of the one of those. You know, ODA. I mean, we did the story on their defense. You know, a couple in the last couple of weeks, they've struggled a little bit. They gave up twenty four to Bradenton Christian, and now thirty one to St. Stevens. And DJ Clark, two hundred forty eight yards, a pair of touchdowns, more than the MVP honors. He he looked unstoppable out there for most of the night, and. Uh, they just um, – it looks like they could be on their way to at least playing for a third state championship. You know, earlier in the year it looked like they might have been rebuilding a little bit, but, you know, they've lost that one game to Windermere Prep, and now they're back where they should be up at St. Stevens, and they're going to be tough to – a tough out in that um, Sunshine State Athletic Conference playoffs. You know, I did a story, and his name escapes me right now, but he was a Czech Republic kicker for them. Uh did, did he boom any field goals or any? Did, did his kickoff stand out to you? The, the ODA same. kicker. Oh yeah, he uh, hit a twenty-seven yarder. He was in the hospital for food poisoning all day before the game. Oh my god! He got to the stadium half an hour before the game. He kicked a twenty-seven yard field goal. Mm-hmm. He had a twenty-seven yard. He caught a twenty-seven yard little out route. Right, he's also was, one of their best receivers. Yeah, he caught the. He caught. It was the first positive yardage play ODA had in the game. Is in the second quarter, and then he finished up. I think with eight catches for one hundred eight yards plus a twenty-seven yard field goal and. Um, he was able to keep everything down on the sidelines. Some other players weren't as lucky on the sidelines because it was so hot out there that night. But you know, given what he had been through that day, I think he had a pretty impressive outing. That now, that's not bad considering maybe a little bit under the weather. Yeah. You know, it's amazing, guys. You know, we don't cover these teams every single day, so we don't know what's happening. But yeah. uh, Alan Dell, a correspondent, goes covers the Booker game against Bayshore. Little did we find out that uh, Dumica Atkins had kicked off all the seniors on his team. After that forty-nine to nothing trouncing, trouncing by Hardy, the seniors come back. They play well, uh, beat John Bizoon and Bayshore. Uh, 
it goes back to the same thing with Booker. If they minimize mistakes and they're really our heads are in the game, they, they could be in every one of their games, but that just doesn't always the case. I think that's uh, that, that, that game over there was kind of a story of two teams going in opposite directions. You know, Bayshore started <laughs> off great, and now they're it seems like they're coming apart and uh, they've had trouble <laughs> scoring and as their defense is having some trouble too, and Booker's finding a little bit of things, and you know, they might, they're still alive in the five A playoff race. I mean, it's going to be kind of tough for it. This sounds like the, when Dennis talks about these power rankings here later, but it might be a little tough for some of these five A teams around here to get in the playoffs the way it's shaken out. You know, you know how much t- things can change in a short period of time. I remember John after the first two wins. John Byzuns was talking about a district title. You know, district title first time in many many years, and they're they're zero and two in the district. So it looks like. Uh, the Bizoons dream maybe is not going to be happening this year. Uh, Manatee comes out silencing Alonzo. Is Manatee sort of getting their stuff together? I think they they could what probably mean? you know they of all the, the the big teams we talk about you know you got the big three with uh, Venice, Braden River, and Palmetto. I think they they're definitely next in line along with Charlotte and those guys. But uh, yeah, let's, let's see how they they got to get through this week first. But uh, the telltale sign is going to be next week against Riverview as the annual battle for the eight a six title, which should be a good game. At um, Dennis, what do you think? Yeah, it's um, the, a big um, off season for the uh, Hurricanes. Um, I know Yusef Shakur, the coach there, didn't have an off season his first year uh, to work with these guys. And when I talked to him, he said that was uh, that's big. Um, just getting to know them. Them getting to know the players, getting to know him, and um, you know, just they, uh, they're they're uh, they're going on the right direction. You know, a team that uh, talking about you know a new coach, new players heading in a direction. Sarasota Sailors once again had a little rough game uh, against uh, Palmetto Tigers, even though we had a little headline error. Uh, Anthony Marino four touchdown passes to four different receivers. I mean, when we talk about guys who could chuck it around the area, you know, we talk about gag. Uh, I guess you could consider Marino in there. I mean, I have not seen this guy throw. Is he just your traditional uh, drop back, or does he roll out and throw on the run quite a bit? He can roll out yeah. and throw on the run, but he's dropped back. He slings it around. He's got guys who can catch the ball. I mean, he's uh, he's not bad. You know, if you're Palmetto, I Marino was talking about maybe getting his defense back together, or the offense has been there. They don't allow any points to the sailors. So he's going to be pretty happy where his team is at right now. Four and two, one and one in the district. Now, when I saw them in the preseason, we were, I lied to what Dennis was saying. I, was, I walk out there and see these, these footballs flying around. Who is throwing these? And of all the arms I saw in the preseason tour, they, he, his was the best. So that was over Hayden Wolfs and Venice. I saw Gag throw the ball this year. Clearly, your top three in that in that aspect, throwing the ball, and you know, they were always worried about their defense. We know Sarasota is not the strongest team in the area, so when they play Venice here in a couple of weeks, we'll see how they really stack up. You know, I might as well give a shout out to Northport. You know, they proved the two and three and one and one. A guy I saw a couple of weeks ago, Jalen Y, looked pretty good. He ran for two hundred twelve yards in their thirty four to six victory. Uh, Lakewood Ranch zero and six, zero and two. Uh, is there any light? Uh, at the end of the tunnel, up there Mustang Lane. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, it's. I mean, you know, you want to look, you know, psychologically about a football team. You know, when you lose that many in a row, and it's a high school, and mm-hmm. you're dealing with young emotions. 
I mean, you come out to practice the next day. I mean, after you played football, but you played on a winning program. Oh, yeah. Can you speak to losing and having to come back loss after loss? I, it's be tough to tell. I mean, oh. every year I played at Riverview, we were in contention for state t- championships every year. So it was uh, a little tough to say. But, I mean, with Lakewood Ranch, I mean, they hopefully they got to find sunlight at the end of the tunnel because if I remember right, they've only scored in the double digits once this year in games. And uh, I think they went two games without a touchdown. And it's, it's been a tough road to hoe for them up there. And they had some – high hopes with some new leadership up there, and it just hasn't um, blossomed into what they'd hoped just yet. Well, I guess, I guess it shows at Sarasota, too. You can't expect a, a coach to come in there to a program that maybe was struggling to maybe even a little bit less than that and expect them to turn it around in one year. I mean, did you expect anything more out of Sarasota yeah, than what coaches, you've seen? New systems. I mean, the kids are getting used to it. The, the coaches are getting used to it. And I was and I was up at Sarasota this week too, and a couple of the administrators there were telling me it's like you know we just want kids to stay. Right. And if we can get kids to stay, we can start building something here. So we know we have the right guy for the job, and we also know it's going to take time. So you know he's got the administration on his side up there. It's um, maybe they'll, if we if the district realignment comes up, I think it's up here soon. Maybe they'll get in a district that they can match up a little bit better. But who knows? I mean, that's all going to take time. That's a nice segue to this week's. Rankings. Wait a minute. Before we go on that, let's let's talk about our picks last week. I mean, you already admitted that you were off on a couple of them. You were wrong on the Braden River game. How did you guys do against each other? I know you're not competing, but what, what uh, yeah, was the record? Yeah, I think that uh, Dennis there? cut my lead in half last week. Yeah. I had two losses. Yeah. Well, I, I know our listeners want to know the seasonal tally. Who who leads whom? I think I've got, I'm up by four or something. Yeah. Yeah. In this battle of the pickers. Yeah, not bad for a rookie. I've had two perfect weeks and then two bad weeks. So it. Um, it kind of shakes out, but I've still got the lead on you, Dennis. Come Coming on. Down. Yeah. Down. yeah. It's always a ready-made note for Dennis's column, at least when he has a good week and you don't. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, especially when I have the he'll, – he'll give me a shout-out. Give, give credit. Yep. Oh, De- Dennis gives credit where credit is due. When he feels like it. When he feels like it. Speaking yeah. of which, let's get back to the uh, – what you have here, Dennis. What you got. Uh, the uh, power rankings. <laughs> yes. Uh, the second power rankings. He talked about Riverview's win. Well, it vaulted him from 13th mm. to 7th. Uh-huh. Um, right behind Manatee, who remained at sixth. So both of those teams are in the playoffs if the season ended today. And uh, we're kind of glad it doesn't. Um, Venice <laughs> jumped Braden River. Um, Venice was third last week. They're now first in 7A3. Braden River only dropped one to second. And um, Palmetto dropped one um, from uh, fifth to sixth um, in 7A3. Um, 6A Charlotte uh, moved up to fourth. Um, that gives them a home playoff game if it ended today, up from sixth. Uh, Port Charlotte dropped two to 13th uh, from 11th after getting crushed by North Fort Myers. You, 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 you were on the opposite end uh, of that game, right? Uh, that was the uh, quote-unquote lock of the week for me yes. last week. And, yeah, we missed just a, just a bit outside on that one. <laughs> Oh, the, the, the seniors brought Booker back into the uh, the, the playoff picture. They went from ninth to fifth uh, with that win last week. Southeast stayed at eighth, right on the edge. Um, Lemon Bay moved up to ninth uh, from eleventh, and they're winless. And they're winless. Yeah. And, uh, what does that say about the state of football in this area? Well, strength of schedule, I guess. Strength, of, yeah. yeah. And Bayshore dropped three spots to seventeenth oh. from fourteenth. Yeah. Cardinal Mooney remains number one. In 3A3, um, Paul Meckley's got him rolling there. You know, I'd hate, to th- on the road. I'd hate to think that in John Bizoon's case that somehow that early coverage that we gave them was the kiss of death. 
I mean, it could because, you know, you publicize a team, suddenly their opponents are like, what, what, Bay Show? Who's these guys? And then before you know it, you got two losses in the district. Yeah, they were the darlings early on, but the telltale sign should have been when they, I think it was Ida Baker, they beat them 8 nothing in the third game of the season, and the only score in that game was a defensive touchdown. And that's kind of been kind of the way Bayshore's been. They're struggling offense in Southeast. They didn't do anything against them until garbage time at the end, and you know, they had a touchdown against Booker. They've... Uh, Got some work to do there. They had some those two running backs that you co- you've covered them in the preseason, mm. and they were one of them is the the coaches told me is a Division One talent, but I guess uh, they've still got some growing a lot of growing pains to do up there in Bradenton. When you look at the Week Seven schedule, uh, I guess the game that really jumps out is the Paul Meckley Bowl, right? When Southeast his ex uh, school goes on to face Mooney, uh, seven thirty, huh? It's a seven thirty game. Don't they usually start at seven? I think it's seven. Uh, what other games? I mean, are you going to be at the? Uh, I'm going to the, see the, Bayshore, uh, the, the Bruins against uh, Northport. Oh, okay. Yeah. Any particular reason you uh, you chose that? Because you have your choice of games. I have not seen those two teams, and uh, right, like an intriguing matchup. Uh, but can you break down the uh, the Chaminade Madonna at Venice game? That should not be too much it, trouble. It's a, right? yeah, it's a Chaminade Catholic. It's Catholic. A, yeah, oh, they, so. uh, there was a mix up in the schedules. And okay, it's, it's, that is the defending two uh, A state right. champion that's coming to Venice for homecoming. And as you know, Venice usually schedules all these tough teams, and it's always been a for their homecoming game. It's always been over the years a kind of higher or tougher ranked team from a lower class. I mean, you had Modern Academy come in one year, and you know, it was another school from down there, and now you, these guys are coming up and. It should be interesting. I mean, they're, we were talking about this the other day. They're, I think Champagnat Catholics 3-2, and two, but both of their losses are by six points. And it's not like they're getting blown out. they got a lot of decent players on that team. And you know, Venice has a tendency to kind of win big on homecoming, and I think we can see that again. I mean, they've, they're coming off that win against Braden River, and if they don't have an emotional kind of a letdown coming off that thing, I think they're going to roll pretty easily on Friday night. I mean, Braden River, I'm just looking. Booker is at Braden River. Booker coming off a, a big win. Braden River coming off a tough loss. But that's a veteran team. I mean, mm-hmm. do you expect uh, the Pirates to be have, having a, a letdown of any kind? Or do you think Bradley will have that team ready to go after that tough loss? I think so. Bradley will have the team ready uh, to go. I, I think that... Uh, I mean, they were never out of the game against Venice, so um, they, they need they need all the quality wins and points they can get um, to keep pace. So I think they'll, uh, they'll come out just fine. St. Stephen's. We always like to give a shout-out to St. Stephen's because they – they listen, they they say they'll listen, and that's where probably 38 of our 40 listeners come from is St. Stephen's. So. Yeah, they're they're in one of the uh, biggest mismatches of the yeah. week with uh, Tampa Bay Shore Christian. That, that's a team that's struggled mightily this year. They've been shut out twice. They think they've, they've scored, the other two games they've scored eight points in. And yeah, this one, uh, it's going to be, it sounds like it'll be a quick night up there for those guys up at Turner Field. What else is going on, guys? We always, uh, you know, we always go to throw in some volleyball. Uh, news or, or notes. Uh, uh, what else we got going on? We can throw out there for consumption uh, this week. Was respectable when they went to Chicago last weekend, no. um, and they have uh, Riverview uh, coming to the TP tonight. And the other thing, mm. uh, Monday, the Don Ross uh, Golf Tournament, mm. usually a big one uh, for all the area teams uh, at the renovated Sarah Bay. You know, now that we're mentioning local, I just thought of the uh, the NA uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs going forward. Here, uh, we'll have a couple of people: Ian Desmond, right, going forward with the Rockies, 
And uh, the Riverview guy, six foot seven, was added. What a great story. I tried to get his number to do a story on um, Mr. Zabotka. Zabotka. Uh, that's my Bostonian accent. Well, I, you know, this was a guy who had a 5.50 ERA in the Florida State League last year. This guy started off on single A, double A, triple A, moved up, and now is on the playoff roster of the Braves. It's a pretty good story, isn't and there's it? There's a chance that um, former Brainerd River center fielder Miles Straw, a speedster who led the minor leagues in stolen bases, could be on the Houston Astros postseason roster. He came up at the end of the season. When do the rosters have to be? Uh, uh, right before the first right, game. right before the first game. You know, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The talent that comes out of this area sometimes we take it for granted, but other cities would be like, "Huh? You yeah. guys have how many guys in the major leagues? That's amazing." It's a little bit like a baseball factory here, starting in Venice and it's spread everywhere else now too, and uh, hey, Sar- in Sarasota too. I mean, look at all the history they've got. It just just keeps on growing. And Venice too. Venice yeah. is good. And speaking about Venice, a little segue to the Venice. Uh, we might as well throw out a shout-out, even though he didn't win. Bryce Carpenter got the start last week for Coastal Carolina. Uh, regular quarterback Kiltland Anderson had an injury, so he stepped in. Even though they lost 45-21 to to Troy, he was 18 of 22 for 172 yards, a touchdown and an interception. A little tough time running for Bryce. 18 carries for 24 yards, yep. and he was sacked nine times yep. for 63 yards and losses. But I read some of the coaches' comments, and they generally liked uh, what he did up there. When I was talking to him for that story, he was – I mean, I spent years in Venice talking to him. He sounded the same, just kind of even keel, just ready for it. And he had a good day throwing the ball, and you know, they just kind of got outmatched against a better Troy team. You know, that happens at that level. But overall, good day for him. Pretty something, though, isn't it? Pretty Guy something. steps in. I mean, that didn't make any sense what I just said. You don't put those two words together usually, but – Anytime a guy goes up there, freshman, true freshman, gets on there, plays. I don't care what the level of collegiate football is. That's uh, tough to make your first start on the road, too, especially at Troy. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh, and I don't know. The Coastal Carolina, did they, did they not uh, have deep in talent up there? I don't know the roster, obviously. It's, but uh, It's tough I don't know to tell. I mean, you know, Jay, I'm not sure if even Javon Hiley played much. I know he's got two touchdown catches, mm-hmm. both of them from Bryce this year. So the Venice connection is going strong up there at uh, Coastal Carolina. Hey, we can't. Okay, I'm not not to before we we shut off. We got to have our locks of the week. I know you're already uh, one down, you know. So you, you may stay in that position the rest of the year. Uh, let's go around the table. I know that we're sort of throwing it at Dennis here without much research, but Dennis, who's your lock of the week here? Let's go with uh, Cardinal Mooney over Southeast. And why do you think that? Why are you picking that as your lock of the week? I think the Mooney is rolling right now. I, I think they're playing well on uh, defense, and they're getting the running game going uh, for the first time last week, and I think that will continue. How about you? <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Northport over Bayshore. I mean, this is kind of a – this one's a – it's not a tough pick, but there's a lot of picks on here that can be almost too easy to pick. So we're going to go with that one this week. Uh, I know. I think you're a little rattled. I think that one loss, you know, you, you, you took a couple of cuffings around the head, and I think you're woozy. Yeah, so I, I, I got him in the concussion protocol now. You are in concussion protocol. Well, I'm not, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to take one of the safe bets. I'm going to take Braden River over Booker. I haven't taken Braden River yet. I'm going to use my Braden River card this week. I think they bounce back, as Dennis said, and I, I think Booker 
you know, biting off a little more they can they can chew. Yeah. Uh, Dumer Atkins. You're, you're taking. You're almost playing it too safe there, Doug. But the problem is, you know, we can't repeat our pick, yeah. so I can't go to Braden River anymore. Did we all win last week? No, no he he no. I I, I won. Lockwood uh, in the hole. And did you make a pick last week? I did. I picked IMG Academy blue. You yeah. picked blue. Are you eventually going to take the White Academy team on anything, or do you know anything about the White? I don't know too much about the White, but I know they don't win a lot. So. They also have some trouble scoring, and they also give up an average of 36 points a game. So that, uh, That's a reason not to take I think they're not going to be That's the a reason to pick. take anybody who plays White. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Anything else, guys, before we sign off? Anything where you want to throw out there? No, we did a, a nice feature on the Cardinal Mooney's boys golf team. They are 40, I think they're 42-2 and two now on the season. They Won by seventy strokes the other day. So Jeez, seventy you know, strokes. They lost two matches. I mean, they, they their two losses have come against the defending three A state champion, and then they the first loss of the season they shot six under as a team and still lost by one shot down in Naples. I mean, that, it's not something you hear about. So we did a story on them and check it out on htpreps dot com or if you get a copy of our Tuesday issue, it'd be in there. But that was a good fun story to do on those guys. I'll have a story on the Lenares brothers at the Cardinal Mooney, uh, Sam and Andy. Um, one lineman, one linebacker, big in the weight room. Pretty good kids. Very nice kids. Anytime we can, anytime we can publicize the local kids, that's why we're here. Yep. And that's why we're here on the podcast. And another shout-out to uh, Trey Burton for his continuing efforts with the human trafficking. He had that 39-yard touchdown catch to open the game against the Bucks last week. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you guys, you know, we, we're having this uh, semi-regular series with, with Trey Burton. We're going to sort of chronicle his first year with the Bears. And it's like my boss was saying, this could turn out to be a really good year because these Bears look like they're on the right track. Burton is being involved in the offense. So this could be a really nice uh, package going forward if the team has success. Especially when they brought in Khalil Mack. Look out. That's why. No, I, yeah. I, I know we're rambling on here, but a guy like that really has affected the entire defense. They yep. get that mindset of always attacking. Yep. And uh, so they'll be an interesting team going forward. So on that note, I think we're all out of breath. So for Scott Lockwood, for Dennis Maffazoli, I'm Doug Fernandes. We'll see you next week on the Herald Tribune podcast. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.